Hi, this is Lindsey Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Week Interview Podcast on Friday, December the 11th. On this week's edition, we're going to talk about the Ar- the Arkansas politicians who've joined in the ridiculous coup attempt to overturn the presidential election, Governor Hutchinson's prime, Berger, and maybe some other odds and ends. I'm joined, as usual, by Max Brantley. Afternoon. Good one. Kind of gloomy out there. Yeah, uh, so we've we've been we've been talking about uh, Trump's effort uh, abetted by some Republicans to uh, find the to to find a way to overturn the election. It's it's been just uh, a disaster for the president so far because it's meritless, of course. Uh, this week we we reached I, I think an even even greater low than in in past weeks, which is hard to believe. Yeah, you know, they've well, they've run out of options in all of the states where they're trying to reverse Joe Biden victories, the key ones being Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Georgia, and or Arizona. I, I, don't, I don't know if Wisconsin's in that mix, but but uh, so Texas, you know, which is whose attorney general is this indicted crook, Ken Paxton, has filed this crazy claim to the Supreme Court asking to be heard to contend that because they made some election law changes in these other states that they shouldn't have, that it dilutes Texas's voting power because what they mean is that Joe Biden would win and not Trump who carried Texas. Well, all of the legal experts say it's garbage. Uh, But with Trump supporters on the U.S. Supreme Court, who knows? Uh, they file briefs and the other side of file briefs and they'll decide maybe very soon whether they're going to have a hearing on this case or not. But the news is, is just really this continued flurry of legal actions by people trying to overturn the popular vote in four states. This is by a party that claims to believe in states' rights, that claims to believe that there are too many frivolous lawsuits, that claims to believe in a strict reading of the law. And they're out there doing everything they can to stop it. Well, that's bad enough from a national level. It's essentially an anti-democratic move to install a dictator as president because these people just want power and that's all they want. But the Arkansas angle is, is that we've dishonored ourselves pretty terribly in the course of it. Attorney General Leslie Rutledge uh, joined in with Paxton on, on his filing and is actually now a formal intervener in the suit. And so, she is using taxpayer money to overturn election outcomes in four states. That's bad enough on its face. But she was rewarded for this by a trip to the White House Thursday to meet with Donald Trump. And she ran a big picture of herself with the two of them smiling on Twitter today. But yesterday, when she announced that she was she was supporting Trump, she put a tweet out. It was on her personal account, not her attorney general's account, that said, we're in the fight. And you want if and if you want to help me win, go to this link. Well, the link was to her campaign contribution page for a race for governor in two years. It really boils down very simply. She's using a politically motivated taxpayer finance support for Donald Trump to raise money for a gubernatorial campaign. I, I just learned and got through writing an item for the blog how four Arkansas people, which is a progressive grassroots voting rights group has filed an ethics complaint over her deceptive advertising. She she included the link without saying it was to her campaign page. 
and also that it's just unethical to use your office in this fashion. It's it's offensive. It's unbelievable. And uh, but they didn't make it to the state ethics commission. Now the ethics commission is worthless in any event. But but they made the complaint to the public integrity section of Rutledge's own office, and you can't get through on the phone line to them. But they're going to have to respond to this in some fashion. I, I don't like the odds that they'll go after their boss for for being unethical. But at least they'll have to say something, and at least it highlights the fact that she's just abusing the power of office in the name of a dictatorship. Well, that wasn't all. The Republican Party, is it's all about power. It's not about the law. And, and they now have 126 Republican members of the U.S. House on a, on a brief supporting this meritless Texas lawsuit. And sorry to say, uh, Rick Crawford and, and uh, Bruce Westerman, two Arkansas representatives, are on that petition. And I have to say, I don't say good words about French Hill or Steve Womack very often, but they have not signed it. They're among the about 40% of the Republicans who have not yet signed. I have a question out to the governor's office on whether he supports this effort. Uh, so far, they're not, they haven't gotten back to me, and I have a feeling they won't get back to me. Maybe some brave soul will ask it in his next weekly uh, COVID-19 address. But it's, oh, oh, but that, but wait, I forgot the crackpot caucus has <laughs> gotten in on it. <laughs> Trent Garner, uh, the nutty senator from El Dorado, and Mary Bentley, the nutty representative from, from uh, Perry County, have lined up 33 legislators to endorse a resolution that say they should not certify the electors in these four states until there's been a full investigation. What they really mean is they want Congress to vote electoral votes for these to Congress decide who the president should be and that it should be Donald Trump. Again, nobody offers a shred of evidence that there's a basis for asserting that there were fraud errors or improper votes sufficient to have any impact on the election in those states. There have been multiple recounts, multiple court hearings, and all of the all of the so-called evidence has been offered has been blown away. It's just been conspiracy theory, fantasy land garbage. There, there's just a fabulous eight-minute video on Twitter of a, of a Georgia state representative who took the took the trouble to to look into these crazy figures cited by Trump saying X number of dead people voted, X number of people voted in two states, people voted who listed their address as a Federal Express uh, delivery spot to avoid revealing who they really were. She went through this in chapter and verse. The people who lived in FedEx centers actually lived in apartment buildings that had a FedEx delivery center in the building. These people lived people that they claimed had voted in two states. She called them all up and they said, it's not true. I've only voted in Georgia. She just went down the list. And, and then the lawyer for Trump says something. You know, so, well, we really thank you helping us do some. We want to be sure our facts are correct. Well, they got no facts in, in, in any event. It, the circus goes on. And what is needed is for the U.S. Supreme Court to not only refuse to hear this, but to say in very strong terms why they don't and won't and can't hear this kind of garbage else it'll just go on and on but we're, we're we're i mean we're very close to seeing the end of democracy in america if this kind of thing continues and, and I, unfortunately i think it it says where we're going to head in, in the biden administration if it happens the senate it's all about power 
they're, they're just not going to cede anything to the Democrats, just like Mitch McConnell did. That's why the Georgia runoff elections, which I don't have high hope for, are so important. If somehow the, the Democrats could take the, take the Senate, we might have something like old-fashioned government again, as imperfect as that often is. Yeah, what Ted, sorry about sorry about all that. Ted Ted Cruz tweeted something today uh, that suggested that Biden would always be an illegitimate president and that the Senate should not confirm any of his appointments. Uh, I think it, it's related to this lawsuit, but well, and that, and that's more or less. Tom Cotton hadn't had a good word to say about any appointee or any action. And of course, they're they're churning up the Hunter Biden thing, and he is apparently being investigated and is for a long time. And you know, it's too bad that Joe Biden had a son that that did did some questionable things, and if he did wrong, he ought to be punished for it. But I mean, that has nothing to do with Joe Biden, and, and there's never been a suggestion it had anything to do with Joe Biden. And so, and and the notion that the Republicans are on their high horses about a member of a, a politician's family making some money off off the, their their name. I mean, the Trumps, give me a break. <laughs> I mean, it's a criminal enterprise. Well, so what what is your read on the motivation for this? I mean, maybe the most charitable reading is that that most of the people involved in it see it as a uh, a risk-free way to show fealty to Trump and to Trump's base because the Supreme Court is going to slap it down. Now, that far from excuses them, I mean, it's incredibly dangerous for democracy, as you've said. But then you look down in the, the, uh, the nut caucus in, in Arkansas, and I'm sure that a number of those actually do buy into conspiracy theories. Oh, oh yeah. I, I think in Arkansas, I think they believe it. They, facts don't matter to them. I, I think I, I think they live in a bubble that says to them it is impossible living in Arkansas to believe anybody else would vote for Donald for Joe Biden. Well, except for those those liberals and those you know gay people in New York and, and California, but otherwise no. And I, I think they believe it, and and I think I think they're authoritarians at heart. I mean, that's how they govern in the legislature. They want to tell people how to live. They want to impose their religion, their ideology on everybody else. And so they like Trump and they can't believe that he lost. And and so they will use any means to hold on to power. Now, the good news is, is nobody gives a shit what the Arkansas legislature thinks. But right. Well, except except we got to live here. (laughs) Well, to give someone credit who doesn't doesn't deserve it. Bruce Westerman, for instance, does not believe this this lawsuit. I I I have trouble believing that that he actually buys into the merits of this lawsuit. You know, he is a smart guy, IQ wise, and and I would have thought that, but I I think he's come around to this position that that it's just too important to keep him in office, and that he'll do it by any means necessary. You you cannot read this lawsuit and believe it has a shred of integrity in it. You, you just can't. And to sign your name to it is to said, I will do anything to keep power. And I think they believe, I mean, Trump has talked his way out of bankruptcies and billions of dollars of debt and other illegal and crooked activities. And I think they think maybe he'll, you know, I mean, he's asked the Supreme Court directly to do the right thing, by which, by which he means keep him in office. He's appointed three of them, and he expects them to deliver by God. 
And I think maybe they think he's got a shot at it. Are there principled Republicans left? Boy, there are not many. I I noticed uh, Davy Carter, and I asked him on Twitter, was he really sick? Because he put out a string of tweets last night saying this suit is garbage. You know, he's a former House Speaker and would like to run for governor, I think, but the options for a semi-moderate Republican are not great. And 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 he he just said this is crazy and people are being used in Arkansas and it's awful and and that was that was good that was that was a good thing uh, and uh, there have been a few Republicans well I mean the governor and attorney general of Georgia say the suit is meritless and and the governor of Arizona has defended the results in Arizona I mean. And he's a Republican. And so, so well, and the, gov- the governor of Georgia is awful. The governor of Georgia, he, like, he, he, is he couldn't be worse. I mean, he stole the election for, it, it, for governor. So, yeah. And so, but, but I mean, he's four. I mean, they've had three recounts. I mean, and, and they've, they've looked through it all and they checked everything. And, and, they're, and, and they're under voter rules that were designed to suppress the vote. I mean, these are Republican passed voter rules. It's it's just absurd, really. But it's and that's why I'm really, you know, Asa Hutchinson is, is such is so adept at, at, at walking a fine line. I, re, I really hope somebody forces him to say something about this. Yeah. OK, well, let's let's now move on to talking more about the governor. Uh, last night he gave a primetime address. I don't have regular TV, so I looked on the YouTube page. It wasn't there. Maybe it's streamed somewhere, but but yeah, I, it was it, it was streamed. But anyway, but well, you didn't you didn't miss anything. I watched Mandalorian with my kids, and I, uh, it sounds like that was a better move. So uh, I read what you wrote, though, and it sounds like it was kind of more of the same. Well, it it was more of the same. He said we face a terrible health crisis, and we need to do better. And Christmas will really be terrible if we don't. Well, yeah, no kidding. And I mean, there was no news. He, he, in fact, made it very clear he had no intention of imposing any new restrictions on restaurants or bars or anything because it's bad for business. Uh, he said that he, I mean, he pro forma extended his emergency declaration, which was about to run out. And he said, oh, he's going to call the legislature and ask them to meet in the committee of whole and take a vote to show that they support what he's been doing. Well, he knows they will because he's not doing much. I mean, there, there's the crackpot caucus that thinks he's done too much, but they're they're not in the majority. And, and so he knows he'll get a vote of confidence from the legislature. And so that was it. I mean, it was it was it was the first primetime statewide speech by a governor since Mike Huckabee spoke after 911. And I talked to somebody who is a supporter of Hutchinson and, and, and once worked for Hutchinson. He said, you know, politically, it was just a head scratcher. When you do something like this, you figure out what the headline's going to be. And the headlines were nothing. They were like, in the Democrat Gazette, I think it was Governor Reiterates. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I chuckled at that. <laughs> Governor Reiterates. And I thought, boy, that's the best headline you got. And, and I mean, I'm, I'm not faulting the Democrat. I think that was an honest account of what happened. He reiterated stuff he's been saying every week, every day for, for months without much effect. And so I, I just thought, what was the point? Why, why even bother? Did, I mean, I mean, I mean, for one thing, I think people were turning up, turning the channel rather than listening to it. 
because there, there just there was just no there there. I mean, I was I was really hacked. That he interrupted thirty minutes of Tina Fey's uh, tribute to Broadway musicals because it was uh, the other ninety minutes was pretty good. <laughs> anyway, so he said that the, he wants his committee of the whole to happen before the end of the year. Uh, I guess you'd think that that would happen at Jack Stevens again, somewhere where everybody could spread yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, and they'll do and, it on TV or something. I mean, I guess they think, I mean, I think he sees it maybe as a way to get it out of the way before the regular session or something. I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's, there, there was some theory by some of the other reporters that somehow this is, process-wise be useful among the legislators or something. I don't know, but I mean, uh, it was, it just seemed like a waste of time to me. Well, that's going to be really tedious to watch because the crackpot caucus will want to talk about it a lot. Oh yeah. Cause I mean, they're, they're, they're dead serious. I mean, and, and, and he had this speech about, I'm not going to do anything else. It's your responsibility to do better. The day before we announced another near record number of new cases, about 50 some odd short of a new daily record, almost 2,800, a record day for deaths, 55, hospitals are near full, ICUs are near full with about half the beds taken up by COVID people. The active caseload is now over 20,000. We're adding about 1,000 new cases a day. And we haven't started our Christmas parties yet. And so, you know, I mean, I, I, I think bad times lie ahead and they, they seem to me to demand action. Other states are taking action. Uh, you know, New York has again reimposed an end to in, in-house dining because it's just clear that that's a place where people get together and socialize close together and it helps spread the disease. And so, but we're just not, I mean, we're, we're just not. Because we're, and we're going to pile up a surplus that we're going to give away, not to to any good purpose, but for a tax cut for millionaires. You know, we spent $210 million to build up the unemployment trust fund to a level that would avoid a tax increase for businesses. And they wouldn't give a dime of a bonus to teachers who are working overtime, who are risking their lives to stay in school. Wouldn't give them a single dime. Uh, th- this this state's priorities are just screwed. That's all. Yeah. Uh, so the the governor last week had signaled that he was going to set new restrictions for indoor gatherings, of course, excluding churches and restaurants. He held what were billed as community meetings this week, but turned oh. out to be uh, not at all that. They were meetings with some community officials that, aside from some opening remarks, were closed to the public and the press. So not quite sure how that gets around uh, open meeting law. But uh, Well, he's not, he, he's not covered. I mean, well, unless if they had more than one member of any governing body in there, then they broke the law. Those individual bodies broke the law, but I, I'm not sure that happened. He had mayors and county judges and those kind of people, some doctors, some hospital people and stuff. Well, not transparent. But, but anyway, it was a sham. He didn't make it clear at the outset, and he had to make it clear after the first meeting in Benton that these were private invitation-only meetings. And he, he was met by some protesters at, at both Benton and, and Springdale, which was – I was kind of glad to see that. Uh, but, you know – but some were – we're protesting the mask mandate. Oh, right, 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 right. But, well, but nonetheless, I mean, catching some grief is, you know, that's useful anyway. 
But uh, the interesting thing was is that, and it wasn't mentioned at all during his televised address last night, was after the Benton meeting, he said he was pulling back from issuing any new guidelines on on group meetings and in private settings uh, because he had some questions. He wanted to be clarified things further. I, I, I think that may be the last we hear anything about it. 